0: Hey everybody and welcome to AQ's Blog & Grill. We're excited today to have Mike Popovich with us. Now Mike is the CEO of a really interesting firm out of the United States, Arizona in particular, but it's 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 called STC, which is I believe Scientific Technology Corporation. Corporation STC. So we're going to ask Mike a little bit about this because this is a really interesting subject for all of us here in North America. So welcome, Mike. Thank you very much. Alan. It's a pleasure to be here. Good to see you. Thank you. So a little bit of background. How did uh, how did STC get started, and what is it that you guys do?
1: Well, STC started about 28 years ago now, which surprises me. It feels like you know two to, two years ago. Right. And we started as a company in the information technology space doing consulting, developing computer networks, telecommunications, and things like that. But we stumbled into a job in the public health arena early on in our career. And it was to design a new information system for capturing the records of children and their immunizations so that they could get to school Mm -hmm. and that the pediatricians and family practice practitioners would know what immunizations children needed. Right. So we designed a system that we thought would work terrifically, of course. And then the next thing you know, somebody said, Well, since you've designed it, can you build it? And and being a good consultant, the answer is always of course. Sure. Then you go back and you start figuring out, well what the heck did we just do? How are we gonna build this? Right. Uh, and that that got us into the business. But what we really liked about it as was we began to work with public health mm-hmm. and, and dealing with population health issues that had significant outcomes on preventing disease That's if right. you vaccinate children. Uh, and that turned into a, a 27 and a half years worth of business that we've continued to grow and evolve. And seeing the appreciation of the people that we worked with was enough to keep us going and motivated.
0: Wow. Now- you got an interesting history in how you got to Arizona, which is where you're based in Scottsdale. Uh, you went to the University of Arizona because? I did. I grew up in Wyoming, but I, I thought I
1: wanted to be an astronaut. And I figured since I wasn't going to fly in airplanes, uh, the best way would to become an astronomer. Uh-huh. So the University of Arizona was the closest school that had a well-renowned uh, astronomy program. So I. I enrolled and I went and I took my first astronomy class, which wasn't looking through telescopes and was a lot of physics and I figured this class is too hard. So I said, I'm not going to be an astronomer, I likely won't be an astronaut. But then I went into engineering, which which still had a lot easy. of physics in <laughs> it. Yeah, not still easy. not easy. Still not easy, <laughs> but that that uh, that launched my career as an,
0: as an engineer and that was what I graduated
1: as. Isn't that yeah. something? Yeah. Wow.
0: yeah. Very good. Now. If SDC is about advancing the population health outcomes through information technology, what are the major challenges you're facing today?
1: In the early years, it was information technology, Mm -hmm. applying the right, you know, health, health technology to a particular problem. But the technology has evolved so rapidly, it's not so much about the IT solutions as it is about the relationships you have with the physicians, the nurses, the consumers. Mm-hmm. So now there's, a, there's an ecosystem around a mission of improving health outcomes uh, that are vaccine-preventable, and the mission has a higher value than the technology. Mm-hmm. So we look at these problems now as that we can apply any kind of technology to a problem, which is still very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, what is the objective of that technology and what is the objective of that data you use? And if you're not using the data that the technology brings forward, then you're not improving the outcomes and affecting behavioral changes and, and helping ensure a healthy population. So. Our focus has moved from technology to uh, engagement and mm-hmm. enablement. Right. Uh, but the technology is delivering that data. We need to make sure. those decisions.
0: So it's, it's kind of like a technology-enhanced engagement. The yes. technology is a tool, but you must find yourself more now into the into the uh, into the human psychology uh, than you ever were, thought you would be. All the time.
1: I just went to an outbreak response uh, a conference in Quebec City, mm-hmm. and. My number one takeaway from this, and this was all about Ebola and, and activities going on in Africa, right. my number one takeaway from this was the importance of, of the engagement of the people you're dealing with and having folks like an anthropologist on your IT team. Mm-hmm. That years ago, and, and many still don't even think of this, and the value of that mm-hmm. because if you really want to engage people to uh, be more proactive in their health and their outcomes and their personal health and wellness, you've got to give them the kind of information that they trust, they believe in, Mm -hmm. and the simple fact that
0: you're using a certain technology frankly has nothing to do with it. Right. So I I understand there's an interesting story here with STC and and going back uh, 10-12 years to um, Hurricane Katrina, that you guys were able to help uh, save tens of millions of dollars and also likely lives mm-hmm. uh, by taking the data that the state of Louisiana had and then finding a way to share that with the other 50 states. How did yes. that
1: work out? So at the time one of our projects was the, was, the, was with the Louisiana Public Health Department and we were ma- maintaining a statewide immunization registry of all the immunization events that were being given by physicians uh, throughout the state and this would be both children and adolescents and adults. When the hurricane came through Louisiana, it pretty well devastated all the medical record systems in the state. One of the systems that remained up and running was our immunization registry, that had that that had patient data and immunization records. The first thing that happened after the uh, after the uh, hurricane went through Louisiana is people had to go to other locations. Right. So a significant number of them went to the Houston Astrodome in Texas. Right. And we got a telephone call right after they started coming in by busloads that the nurses in this, in this refugee center really needed to know what the immunization records were for the folks coming in because they wanted to prevent an outbreak. Mm-hmm. And they asked us if we could help. Well, and overnight, we, we set up a system with the folks in the Astrodome and in Houston and the Louisiana Immunization Registry so a nurse or a physician could actually have access to that data and make those decisions. As soon as we realized the power of that, we got on the phone and we began calling all the state health departments. Mm-hmm. And we said, would you like this connectivity? Because the state of Louisiana was all for it. And we found out that every call we made, uh, the the state health department realized that folks were coming to them mm-hmm. and living in their state and enrolling their children in schools from Louisiana, and they needed this information. Right. So within about two weeks, we had connected all, all the states, all 49 states in the US to the, the 50th state, Louisiana, their immunization registry. Right. And, and no matter where you went as a parent and took your child to a physician or to a school nurse, they had access to those records. So we had tons and tons of stories about uh, mothers and families that literally had nothing, and they went to Mississippi enrolling the Mm -hmm, kids, and they had four or five children, and they did not have to revaccinate those children to go to school, and they were just like great human interest stories to show you the power of the data and also saving a ton of money on resources
0: not having to revaccinate. Right. That must have made your team feel pretty good because that's one of those we helped we helped a lot of people in a very short period of time. Yes, uh,
1: our folks have, uh, have really taken, you know, taken that story uh, and we have many stories just like that, but that mm-hmm. was on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. In fact, that was, that was really the first time that we had an integrated electronic health record completely across the country in the U.S. Wow! Now that has, that has since you know, fallen apart because of memorandums of agreements between states, yes. but it was an example of what could be and what the power of that was. And, and so our folks that develop technology and work with the public health people, our professionals, they, they, that really motivates
0: them because they see what you can do if you're mm-hmm. smart and you use data wisely. There you go. Yeah. So now, of course, we're facing the Zika right. thing, and I guess it's centered in, in Florida mm-hmm. for that matter. Are we going to see the same sort of collaboration and cooperation uh, emerge there? So...
1: From the traditional public health side, yes, in terms okay. of educating and, you know, making people aware of of, of of what is going on and what they need to be worried about. And the use of technology so far hasn't come into play. Hmm. There There's a lot of research being done now with new vaccines, mm-hmm. if and when there is a new vaccine, which is, you know... Potentially likely, Uh, and there will be clinical trials. When that vaccine rolls out into the environment, uh, chances are the pharmacists and the public health people will begin to give that, and they'll need a way to monitor and manage the individuals that receive that vaccine and follow up with any adverse events and and factors like that. So there's a lot of positive synergy around Zika mitigating the impacts of that, Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's still a lot unknown as yet. But what I like is a lot of what STC does and the clients that we work with and the, both the public health folks and the pharmacies in the US are really positioned to be uh, come to the table and help solve this event uh, if there's vaccines or if there's certain drugs or information that need to happen. And we have, we have technology and framework and people in place to help that when it occurs.
0: Very good. Now, there's been a lot of fuss uh, in the media and in, certainly with customers and, and parents about the efficacy of vaccinations and immunizations, uh, do they work? Are they harmful? Right. Should we stay away? Um, what's what's going
1: to happen here? Right, and that you know that's one of the barriers. Uh, the the what we find is is that a lot of educated people listen to listen to those messages that really are. Uh, warnings, you know, you can choose to believe them or not, but they, right. they've all been proven as false. And a lot of folks will listen to that and then not make a smart decision about getting immunization for their child or even themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's it's a big problem because public health and we as a company need to address that all the time. So one of the things that we thought we... One of the ways we decided to approach to help address the anti-vaccinator community mm-hmm. uh, was not necessarily to go out and target them, okay. but we created a anti-campaign to that. I guess we created a program called Immunization Ambassadors. Yes, and it's a social media approach to uh, encouraging people to sign up and become an an average person sign up and become an ambassador for immunizations and and we have a reward program and it's a completely uh it, it's it's one of those things that have grown by you know by the roots and it's designed that this mother will go on write a blog or send out a tweet when they get their child uh, right. flu vaccine or they'll start you know sending information to all their friends through the social network of the power of the vaccine so the idea is to you know let's encourage real people who are believers to really state why this is important to them, sure. and, and I think that program is just one of those things that, that, that really makes a difference, and there's only so much you can do with those that aren't going to believe, but you have to figure out how to kind of counteract that, those negative yeah. messages.
0: We have become very skeptical, if not cynical, uh, what we may hear from governments or whatever, but if our, if our friends, if our relations uh, start mm-hmm. to encourage us to think a different way, we may be more open to that. You so, betcha. So good idea. I've
1: seen our ambassadors tell their parents that they really need to get their, you know, their pneumonia shot mm-hmm. before they babysit anymore.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs>
1: Simply because, you know, the you know, the, the the whooping cough and those kinds of diseases often sure. come from adults who have long ago forgotten about their vaccines mm-hmm. and vaccinations and where they are in this cycle. Right. So we will see we will see this social media, the ambassador kind of Program really beginning to educate folks like you and I who just tend to forget about
0: this. Well, unfortunately, that's that's true And and thank goodness there's somebody reminding us. Yeah. Now, where are people going to get the real information knowledge? uh, If it isn't coming through social media, where are Mm -hmm. they going to get it so that they trust it? We have been working a lot with the pharmacies
1: in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And in the US this includes all the national chain drugstores stores as right. well as the independent folks. And what we're finding is with their immunization programs and we've shown them how there's huge value if they accelerate their immunization program within the pharmacy to not only their business model mm-hmm. but their relationships to their community. Right. And we found by partnering the pharmacists with public health folks, mm-hmm. and as a consumer goes to the pharmacy for maybe a flu vaccine or their yep. prescription, and they talk to their pharmacists about you know what they need in terms of an immunization, if that pharmacist has a connection with the immunization systems that mm-hmm. we put together for public health and the decision data that supports that, the conversation with that pharmacist... Is one of those trusted conversations exactly. that we often have with our doctors, but we don't go see our doctors. Right. So in the U.S., you'll you'll go into a retail outlet 30 times a year where there's a pharmacy, and you may go see your doctor twice. Right. So there's 30 times you can have a conversation yep. with somebody effectively you trust. So our model is 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 to less empower the pharmacist yes. as a more of a trusted individual with data about mm-hmm. that patient, and I think that's moving along in the right direction.
0: Yeah, uh, that's brilliant, because um, I do think it's that frequency, mm-hmm. that trust, uh, somewhat the convenience Can be, yes. of, of being able to, to right. go in and see someone, as opposed to waiting for weeks to get in to see a doctor, that person is right there.
1: We, we are having these same conversations today with pharmacies in Canada, mm. because we but, think the Canadian pharmacies... Can lead the effort around improved vaccination rates. Yep. Uh, I see all the time news articles coming out of Canada that you know th- there's a low vaccination rate for children going to school, and there's programs, and you can't bring your kids to school, and it's a very confusing environment. Mm-hmm. But yet people are are going, and they're they're going, and they're talking to their pharmacists, they're shopping in these outlet retail yeah. outlets, and it's uh, it's just one of those places for convenience. And you have to provide trustworthy information. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good bond. And if they partner with, with the public health folks to do that, and immunization ambassadors, uh, you have a chance to really help make a difference. And there's a lot of lives lost every year because of, of people be, not being vaccinated. And it's, a very, it's very sad.
0: It's sad and, and, and so wasteful Yes, um, that, that all that potential is, is going by the wayside and where it could have been saved.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, with a $10 flu shot or whatever. Oh, well, there it's, we go. It's pretty amazing.
0: So what's next, uh, Mike, not just for STC, but, but for organizations like yourselves um, in, in the health sciences and in immunization and, and, and the data? What What's going to be next for you guys? Is it... That's a good
1: question. And, and those, are the, those are the things that also excite me because even though we've talked a lot about, a lot about immunizations and technologies and immunization registries and how that works, uh, what we now have is a significant health data asset. And so what really is next is to look at other disease states. So we as a company are building registries to support kidney stone treatment concussions, yes. uh, there's other chronic diseases. Mm-hmm. And the goal is, as you put these registries in place for all the people that need to deal with kidney stones in that ecosystem, right. is you also connect it with the patient data in an immunization registry. Mm-hmm. And then you have an opportunity when somebody is consulting on a kidney stone or doing a treatment to also know their immunization record. And if you think about diseases like heart disease or diabetes, mm-hmm. where an immunization being fully, current with your immunizations is critical to maintaining your health since you are a high-risk population. The ability to take heart disease information from electronic health records or registries or where you have it and link that to an immunization environment gives you more power. Now you're empowering a whole mm-hmm. new group of people right. to make a difference. So what next for STC is to begin taking these various disease states and bringing them together but using the immunization world which you all under, we all understand as a platform to accelerate improvements in health outcomes
0: Wow so you're really going from just data into knowledge yes that can be applied real time yes uh, and save people's lives make people's lives better right Wow isn't that great so no wonder you're excited <laughs> it, it gets you fired up and and I hope and I and I think
1: our company stays fired up and I think our partners stay fired up because mm-hmm. they you begin to see the relevancy of what it is you're doing and you begin to see that it is making a difference and when you hear a story about some mother, who literally has lost all of her medical records, or her child was fully vaccinated, where the child down the street, you know, suffered a, a major issue with a mm-hmm. disease. You know, it just it does, it does your heart good that you're in the yeah. right business, and, and using data and technology to make intelligence decision, I think, is, is, is just one of those good missions in life. So you do, you do what you can and you guys are doing great.
0: Mike, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Alan. It's been great to have you on AQ's Blog & Grill. You can find out more about STC online. It's a fascinating company. They've got some real opportunities to keep growing, keep helping people, and how important is that? Pretty darn important. So thanks for tuning in today to AQ's Blog & Grill. Thanks to Mike Popovich, and we will be chatting to you soon. Hughes Blog & Grill.